Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time. You can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch, Raja Bell. Raja, before we get started, I just would like to say you were in a special bag on Monday. I just would like to say that. <laughs> just I, I re-listened to the audio from Monday morning, and dog, you are one of the best speakers that I know because you can be incensed and, and yelling and doing all these things. However... Your grammar and your vernacular is perfect throughout all those things. Particularly, I just want to say there was a one moment during the podcast. You guys should go listen to uh, the Monday pod with uh, Ryan Russell. It was a really good episode. But there was a moment when we were talking about the Lakers. And you said, um, there, I'm paraphrasing, but you were defending Russell Westbrook. And you said, LeBron doesn't play defense. And no disrespect to LeBron. And then you go into a whole diatribe and you said Anthony Davis was uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you went in on Anthony Davis but the, the part where I thought that was great is when you talked about uh Patrick Beverly and you said he overestimates uh, uh something along the lines that he overestimated his ability to play on the, in, in this at this type of type of season and I was like oh my god Roger's in a bag Roger is in a bag so good shit Rob thanks you know when you get good at that low you know you get good at like keeping grammar and sentence structure in the midst of yelling when you yell a lot. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I try to work on that. Um, I'm still a work in progress. It's been a lifetime 
of, of trying to achieve <laughs> Zen and I haven't gotten there yet. So <laughs> I've got a lot of practice in that space, man. Okay. Yes. I just wanted to <laughs> just highlight that. Um, Thanks. I, the Lakers lost uh, again. I don't want to get into it. What's up? You got something to say on the Lakers? Yeah. L- let me just say this because I, I, I know I get a little pushback and I thought about what I said and, and I just want to clarify when I'm talking about LeBron needing a different kind of team around him at this point in his career. I'm not saying that he doesn't need shooters. Clearly, if you watch the game, you know, last night or any of the games so far this season um, or any NBA game in general, shooting is really important. Like you have to have shooters. That's I'm not saying that he doesn't need any shooters around him, but he needs a better balance of people who can shoot and mm-hmm. people who can be primary creators. There's a lack of them on that Lakers team. There's yeah. a lack of them. AD doesn't even really do that anymore. I mean, they throw him a yeah. post up early in the game and everything else he gets is like a lob at the rim or a, you know, a rim run or a, a jump if shot. I see another lob to Anthony Davis. No. I'm never going to watch another Laker game for the rest of the season because I'm but, so sick of them throwing lobs to that man. You know, but like even when you look at when you look at a team like Denver, there are multiple people out there that can can create. There are multiple yeah. people that that have the ability to do that. And so I just think you know, I wanted to clarify that. I'm not saying he doesn't need shooting, but I think at this stage in his career where it's, did you, if you saw the game last night, he cruised through two quarters, right? He did. Cruised. And then in the third quarter, you know, and it's what happens as you get older as a player, you you start to try to find that time to imprint on the game. Like I'm going to yep. bide my time and then here it is. So he, he made that run in the third, but I mean, after that, like he was gassed. You can't do that. He doesn't have that in him for 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 four quarters over the course of eighty two. So he needs help in that space, man. Other people that can individually, singularly break down their man, get a bucket, or create for someone else. And I didn't even plan on talking about the Lakers, but let's just do it real quick. I think that um, it goes back to discussions that we've had in the past, not just about LeBron, but in, with star players in general of a certain age. They. And this isn't even like disrespectful or anything, but they cruise through games because they like you're not. No one plays hard 100 percent 82 games straight regular season games all the way through for 48 minutes. And you just can't. It's unsustainable. You, there's no re- way you can do that. Right. Right. Um, but I when I see the Lakers and I see, you know, LeBron and LeBron play really. Well. I don't even know his stats last night, but I think they started the game. The Lakers particularly well. The biggest thing with the Lakers right now is. They don't have good enough players to help carry them when LeBron has to go through the lull or has to go through or ease himself into a game. He's 20 years in. They don't have those other. That's the difference between this Lakers team and Lakers team, the 1920 Lakers team, where you can at least have somebody go off for a quick spell and just get you a quick 15 or you just have reliable dudes. They don't know where their points are coming from, right? Like Lonnie Walker's been really, really good. But if you see down the line of the roster, every time Pat Bev takes a three, I'm just like, it's not going in. It takes away energy when LeBron is going to the cup, dishing out to a wide open man, and he misses a corner three. And it's not just Pat Bev, it's everybody that they get. It's demoralizing. It's demoralizing to watch when, you know, that the, there's they're they're working hard to get good shots. The Lakers are really getting good shots. But they're just not going in for whatever reason, and that's just demoralizing to a team when you continue to see shots not go in from pl- the other guys. Yeah, that that's tough. I thought it was interesting listening to the broadcast uh, where they were saying Darvin Ham wants the team to stay confident and not lose its confidence, especially in the in the ability to knock down the three. Right? That's 
it, it's it's critical that they continue to shoot. Law of averages will play themselves out. They will not shoot this poorly um, as a whole for an entire season. So they just got to weather the storm, stay confident, and continue to shoot. But I would just add on 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 any team if Pat Bev is going to be counted on to carry any of the scoring load, we have a problem. You're 100. percent and that's historically a thing, though. That's not even just him on the Lakers. That's talking about when he was at his best and at, on other teams as well. You didn't want that. You wanted him to be a spark off the bench or a defensive presence. That was Yes, it. I, I don't mean that as a slight to Pat Bev. Um, he, if he scores, then that's just like icing on the cake, right? But So whatever contribution you can give there is cool. But if I got to pencil you in for 15 a night to supplement LeBron, AD, and sometimes Lonnie Walker or whatever Russ is doing, then you know we've got we got problems as a as a constructed team, and that's kind of where they're at now. Well, it goes back to this roster construction in general because they systematically Rob Palenka and everybody in the, in the staff, whoever is making these decisions, has systematically taken away the the consummate role players, right? The really really effective role players. You take you trade away Kyle Kuzma. Right, you trade away uh, THT. I mean, I, I know that we THT has been a polarizing topic on this podcast, but you need scores. You need guys that can create, right? And if you trade a THT, I don't necessarily want to get a Pat Bev back for that because you're really missing a THT type of score, right? Another guy that can get buckets or um, not keeping, you know, Dennis Schroeder. There's just a lot of different things that. You're putting a lot of pressure on your star players, and you juxtapose that last night when you watched the Denver Nuggets. All right, if, if Jokic isn't balling, okay, I'm gonna give it to Jamal Murray, right? Or you know, when MPJ, when Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, not injured, give him the ball, right? Or you you have other guys that can supplement scoring. You even got cats like Bones Highland coming off the bench. Now he was off last night, but you know, that's a you saw how often the ball was in his hands and he was shooting like he wasn't bashful, like clearly. That's his job description. He has the ability to do that. Like you, you get that job description because of the trust that you've earned from your teammates and your coaches and your ability to do that. So that means you are a creator, right? Like you can get a bucket, you can do those things and facilitate. And so they've got, they've got them kind of scattered across their roster in a way that, that, that the Lakers just don't. Yeah. I, they got to the point last night on the broadcast. I think it was Richard Jefferson. I'm not sure, but they were like, KCP had hit a three. <laughs> the announcing team was like, you know, KCP was on the Lakers in past years. They probably could use him on the roster this year. <laughs> it's just, it's just, that's why, like, the, the, the Lakers ceiling is just so low because at a point in time, you have two great players, but I think we're getting a lesson that you need other guys to succeed, right? And I think I saw that in, I saw that in the Brooklyn, um, Milwaukee game last night, last night as well, where, you have two on the net side. You have two really, really great players and KD and Kyrie, but there's not enough like supplementary performances from other guys. It's just not right. Like Joe Harris can get his, but can he create? I don't know. You have um, Ben Simmons who can create, but still trying to find his way. But you you need to build out an entire team to supplement stars in this era. That's what it's seeming like at this point, right? Even in the Miami Big Three, which is the poster child for, you know, mashing a, a team of stars together. Who else did they have, right? They had James Jones. They had Mike Miller. They had Ray Allen, you know? They had other guys that could supplement scoring 
when the big three wasn't wasn't out. And also you had a younger LeBron James. That helped too. But it's just it's really hard to watch the Lakers at this point. It is hard to watch. I, I like I like where you went with the Brooklyn Milwaukee game because you're right. Like when I watched Milwaukee play, first of all, they just moved the ball so much quicker on the offensive end than Brooklyn does. Brooklyn looked good when they got out in transition. I had no beef. Like they were out in transition. But when they get into a half court set, yeah. although the ball moves, it doesn't move with the type of pace and the type of energy that it that it moves with Milwaukee on offense. And so mm-hmm. like that ball is humming. People are moving. They're they're really deliberate cuts being made. Um defenders are always being put you know, in this in this situation of conflict where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do and now an cr- opportunity's been created. But Milwaukee has more guys that can, can get a bucket. Like, they got more guys that when that conflict comes and I've got this defender in this precarious situation and he's closing out to me, that I can now make a play. Like, a good play. Uh, uh, and consistently make plays out of that. Like, sh- shit, I was a player that can make a play once in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't consistently playmaking. They have consistent yeah. playmakers uh, uh, to a degree that Brooklyn just doesn't. Now, I think Brooklyn, you know, you brought in pieces like Royce O'Neal, and he got a little hot last night for 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 a minute. Um, he had twelve. Like they've got to figure out offensively how you're going to integrate some of these pieces and and allow them to to supplement right if they can. Ben Simmons needs to be more aggressive. I I think I'm sure Steve. I haven't talked to him about this, but you should be empowering him. It's great that he can get it off the rim and push it down, but I need you to push it down and get in the paint. Don't push it down and immediately flip it, and then we're into a a pick and roll that you really ain't really rolling to score anyway. So go ahead and attack the basket. Let's see if you can get you 12, like just getting on top of the rim. Maybe last night wasn't the night because it's Giannis, but that's the mindset he should be in, and then everyone else needs to, to be able to eat a little bit. Well, there were a couple of times where even the announcers were like, why didn't Ben shoot that ball? Even when there were even when it led to good opportunities for other people, it was like, yo, shoot the ball. I think uh, the the bigger thing with Brooklyn and also to a big extent Los Angeles is there's so many moving parts within that organization. And so there's so many roster changes, outside changes that I don't think either one of those teams trust each other yet. You know, it's going to take time for them to trust each other. And I think Brooklyn played like a team. And this isn't even really disrespect at all. This is time is going to make this happen. But they play like a team that didn't tr- that doesn't trust each other yet, right? That doesn't yeah. know where um, the cut is going to come from, right? Whereas Milwaukee's been playing for years. That roster is by and large been playing for years. You su- you put different pieces and you know you 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 do that but you know you know what Bobby Portis is going to bring you on a night and night basis right you know what other different guys are going to do and Brooklyn doesn't have that yet because they haven't had time together and neither has LA with this current their current rosters that's a very good point that's a it's a very good point um you know there was a play I think it was Dayron Sharp had the ball but you know you had Kyrie in the corner and Kyrie kind of set his man up and danced a little bit the back door was there but Kyrie wasn't sure that Dayron could make the play so Kyrie popped back out to the wing looking to get the ball and and Sharp had already kind of thrown the back great little backdoor pass and you could even see them have the dialogue like Kyrie yeah. was like man that's a good pass bro like I did good pass but that will work itself out they they will get better at that and I think that's a really good call on your part like they the trust isn't there it it will build I just hope that you know sometimes you're not always afforded the time to build because someone else externally kind of or maybe it could be internally says, hey, we got this needs to be done quicker than that. And yeah. the pressure starts to mount. I just hope they're given the time to figure that out. 
Yeah, that's why I really don't want to talk about the Nets too early this season. They're a work in progress. I don't even think that we haven't seen them at their best or at their final form. But let me just say that if you would grant me the pass and the yes. ability to augment my finals um, participants when I predicted. Wow. <laughs> We're not even in November yet, brother. Yeah, no, We're not even I, there. Well, I think I said that I rarely bet against Milwaukee. I, I think I said that when I was picking yeah. Brooklyn. I, I said I'm usually Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. And, <laughs> and I went you to saw Yada score 17 in the and, third quarter and was like, and, I don't know. This has less to do with Brooklyn because I think they're going to be really good and more to do with, do you know how fucking big Milwaukee is, man? Bro. Do you know I how do big? Know. I, I just... I just forget, right? Because I default to like Giannis is great and this and that. And you're still without, you know, Chris Middleton, who's a six, seven, six, six, eight, two. Like they're just really big amongst the amongst a bunch of other great things offensively and defensively. That's why I picked Milwaukee as my champion. Because Giannis is just now getting into his peak. And you saw it last night where I think so they at halftime, I think he had like 13 or something. They put the stat line up and it's like, you know. Uh, Giannis going into the third. Giannis is well below his seasonal averages. I'm sure he'll get back. Like he was not playing well in that first that first half. And mm-hmm. then you could just see it in his eyes in that third quarter. Where I think you know I, I don't I don't remember. I, I know Brooklyn was up. They might have been up double digits at that point. But Giannis was like, just give me the ball. It was just give me the ball offense, right? And there was a time where they met where Giannis matched up against KD, and he did. <laughs> it was in the post, deep in the post, and Giannis. Gets the ball, does a like Kevin played solid defense to start, and then Giannis pump fakes, says, Excuse me, Kevin, and just gets a layup in, just body Kevin. It was it was pretty, pretty insane to see Giannis in that third quarter. It was just give me the ball, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring us back. Not only am I gonna bring us back, I'm just gonna win this 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 Wednesday night game for us. It's it's just, okay. Don't even trip. It's ours. It, don't even trip. Uh, you've you've become accustomed to things and you take them for granted. And Milwaukee's size is one of those things that I took for granted. I was watching the game last night. Nick Claxton is what, 6'11? Six yeah, he's 6'11. I mean, no, KD I mean, he is, might be, he's, he's tall guy. Tall guy. Okay. KD is 6'10, 6'11, whatever they list him at. He's seven foot. He just doesn't oh, want to say it. They both look small. Yeah. They both look small and, <laughs> and slight of build, not just to Giannis, but to, to big ass. Uh, Brooke Lopez to to and then Ayo and then they put then they put Ben Simmons on Giannis, bro, and that was just that was just disrespectful. I know Ben Simmons is a really really good defender, but damn, Raja. I mean, I thought he did it. Yeah, he did a good job in the first half. Not so. Yeah, uh. he did a good job until Giannis said, "Nah, don't even trip." Basically, I'm just gonna change my pick. I'm just gonna change my pick. Who you gonna change it to? You gonna change it to, uh, to Milwaukee? Yeah, no question. <laughs> you ain't shit. You I'm not shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. If you will allow me, I will not be shit and change it to Milwaukee. Uh, uh, all right, for sure. Um, right. I want to talk about another team near and dear to your heart. Um, this was a Tuesday matchup. I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Mm. The Phoenix Suns are, they have an impressive start at the time. At, at, they play tomorrow night. I think I have a bit of a break, but um, they're three and one as as we're talking about this. Coming off a really, really, really big win against the Warriors, um, where the game started off as a, a really good playoff like game. And then Clay Thompson starts popping off at the mouth to Devin Booker. 
<laughs> it was great. So that was that was a turning point. I don't know if it was, it was a turning point in the game. I don't know what it means like to 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 for the rest of the season. But I was expecting. I was like, uh oh. Are the Warriors going to go on a run right now? They're talking popping big shit. They're talking about how they got. They're talking about how they got four rings, and then something different happened. Raja, mm. the Suns responded and and just ran the Warriors out of the building. Is this a turning point for the for the Suns right now? Or, or, or where are they right now in your eyes? Because they've been really impressive to start the season. I think it's a little early to say turning point because, I mean, I I don't know that. I mean, they've just started off really well, right? So, like, it's it's yeah, it's not really a turning point. They've started off the way you would hope. They're third in the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. Milwaukee, you know, my pick to to be in the finals now is is it's number one. They're just they're long and physical and whatnot. But when I watch that game, I mean, they can Phoenix can really lock up. They strap up when they want to, and they too have dudes that can get get buckets. Like they have guys that. You know that ball. Uh, so they're like Milwaukee in that that ball moves crisply. It moves with an energy. It usually finds the person that that's open and should have the ball and puts them in a position to to be productive with the ball. I mean, these are corny things that old school coaches talk about. Hey, when the ball moves with energy and you move with energy, the ball finds the guy it's supposed to find. But they're tried and true, dog. And when you watch Phoenix yep. play. That shit happens. And then they got guys that can get buckets. Like Cam Johnson, he get a bucket. Mikael Bridges. You know how I feel about Mikael Bridges. You no, know straight how I up. love Mikael. Friend of the show, but can get a bucket. Um, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he, but, but, you know, can finish and can get a bucket. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are certified. So when, when you're versatile like that offensively and you strap up and defend, you're going you're gonna to be a problem. And I would just double down and triple down now because I said it preseason. Monty Williams... James Jones, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, the leadership in that locker room, they need to be commended for the job that they've done last year with all the distractions and coming into this season with all the distractions late in the game. Like you have to tip your hat to those dudes for keeping it keeping it singularly focused, keeping the blinders on and being about the task at hand, right? Like being able to compartmentalized like that is is huge when you're in an NBA season. Be able to, being able to block out all the noise, all the distractions, all of the things that that don't factor into us winning games or at least shouldn't. Like being able to keep them outside are critical and they just seem to do a really good job at that. Here's the the thing with with uh Phoenix and in hindsight's 2020, but I think they made it I know why they did it and I get it. But last year, them going for that many wins, I don't think that was the best course of action for this type of roster. To, I think that this roster is, I think they, they need to be similar to how, uh, how the Warriors were last year. I think they need to get to about 50, 52, 53 wins, right? But make sure you're winning the important games. Make sure you're winning the games like you did Tuesday night against Golden State. Make sure you win the games against Denver, you know, though mm-hmm. against Dallas, you don't necessarily, but make sure you are just keeping your rhythm because with this, what happened last year can't happen. What happened last year was your top dog, your leader gets tired. Let's just keep it, keep it a buck, right? Chris Paul, as great as he is, getting a little long in the tooth. You got to make sure that you guys are healthy and fresh going into the postseason and not necessarily chasing that regular season record. Get to 52, 53 wins, and then we'll see what happens. Question for you. Because you've been in the league a long time, what for the for a team like the Suns? 
what does an early season game against Golden State mean? What are you thinking about going into a game like that when you you know you didn't have much playoff success, but you see the champs coming into town early in the season? What is your mindset going in to a game like that? What are you trying to prove? What are you trying to? What type of tone are you trying to set? I'm starting to make a statement. We're we're trying we're trying to make a statement. Every game of 82, um, especially early in the season, uh, isn't significant. But when certain teams come to town or when you go to their town, you're certainly trying to make a statement and Golden State would fall into that category. Um, you know, Boston, obviously, finals participant would fall into that category. Milwaukee, the better teams, right? The better teams. Um, Western Conference top tier opponents. Like I am trying to set a tone and let people know, you know, who we are this year, right? Where everyone's jockeying right now for, for position and not just on the on the standings board, but like in the, how do I want to put this? In the hierarchy of fear in different, in in ball clubs. Do you know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. you know, certain clubs fear other clubs more than, than, than another one. And so we're trying to put ourselves on the top of that list. Like certain teams didn't fear the Phoenix Suns when I played there. They thought that they could beat us. They would, they had a recipe that they felt could work. A lot of teams for a lot of those teams, they didn't want to see us because we played at a tempo that just took them out of what they wanted to do. And so you're you're trying to send that statement to Golden State. Like y'all don't you don't want to see us. You won't care if you're number one in the West or, you know, what what the seedings are come to the playoffs. Like every time we see you in the regular season, if we can, we're gonna do this to you and just plant those seeds in your mind for the playoffs. What did you see from the other side of 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 the matchup on Tuesday night, right? Because it it the Warriors came out really good, but it seemed like they're in this, I don't know how to say this. Lightly, it seems like to early on in the season they've been in a bit of a, a very slight identity crisis, right? Where they got a lot of guys that are they got a lot of questions that are unanswered at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the Draymond JP beef is I think that's a non-issue at this point. It's more so like how are we going to get Wiseman involved, right? How are we going to get this young core involved? How are we going to ease Clay Thompson into the fold? You know, because he did you know because he didn't play much in the preseason, um, but I think the game came to a head in that in that skirmish between uh, Thompson or just the yelling match. It wasn't that big of a deal. But what did you see from the Warriors' point of view of that back and forth between Clay Thompson and Devin Booker? Because Clay Thompson is going to the fact that we got four rings, we ch- we chilling, whatever. But like, what do you see from the what are the Warriors trying to say on in this matchup? What, what, what was their point of view at this point in that game? You think? I mean, their point of view was they got ran out the gym, so. Like we have, we have work to do. And I think yeah. that a team like Golden State, after what they achieved last year and all that they've achieved over this, this kind of window that, the, that they're in, um, could use something like that early in the season, right? As, as, or, or coach could use that, right? There's sometimes where a coach comes into his staff after a loss. Like I've been in those rooms, right? Like when, when, when David Blatt or somebody would come in, afterwards and and it didn't go the way we wanted and they're like not all the way disappointed because you could use that right like we needed that we're we're feeling a little better about ourselves than we should be feeling right now you know sometimes you're winning games and coaches can look at it and and say damn man we're winning but we don't look you know this doesn't look great we're winning despite not playing great basketball and the more you win like that the more it gets kind of brushed under the rug. Like players don't believe it until players get beat the way they got beat. And now as a coach, I can say to you, hey, look, I tried to tell you. Like we yeah. were, we were, we were winning. 
or we were skating, whatever was happening, and you weren't believing me, but now look, it bit us in our ass. And so here are some of the things that we need to get back to doing, or here are some of the things that we need to start doing, or what have you. And I think if anyone can take that kind of message in, rally the troops, and understand that this is a marathon, like there's a lot of basketball to be played, it's Golden State. So I'm not worried about them. You know, I'm not, yeah. I, I think it's fine. I do think it's a good, it's a good thing to happen now. I worry a little bit about Clay Thompson, though. I, wor- I worry a little bit about Clay. And when we had, when we had, when we had Steve on, remember, I, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, should he, and you guys anticipating after, you know, coming back on that next year, you know, that he would, he's going to look a lot better because it looked like he was kind of rushing and forcing and, and, and I'm not going to say this definitively, but I am worried about what percentage of his self he gets back to at this point. And his acceptance of that. If when you look and you dissect that that uh, the exchange he had with Booker, it had no, it didn't seem like it had anything to do with Booker. It had everything to do with his frustration levels coming into this season, you know. Sure. And like, look at the situation. You, you have a guy like Clay who was a pillar of that organization. Injuries have 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 derailed you know his career in a lot of ways, right? And he played really well in spurts, but he hasn't played well consistently since he got back and then you have you know this kid because i mean jp balled out in that in that phoenix game was he was just doing some he was just doing some mess he's just been consistently great this season talk but you have a guy like that who's who's balling and he's that boy does some shit that boy does some shit with a ball logan i'm sorry to interrupt you man there are a few people in my career where you watch them with the ball and you can't figure out how their mind works. Where you're yep. like, why? how would that shit even pop into your head to do that, man? Like, Jamal Crawford had a little bit of that. Where you'd hey, watch him and, and he he'd ain't be like, oh. to be no, He ain't playing to be no six man right now. You can tell by the way he's just playing. He ain't saying nothing. And he is playing like, yo, this is, this is not only going to be my starting spot at point, this is going to be my team one day. That's how he's trying to play right now. Yeah, he's on another wavelength create, creatively. I mean, you know, we yeah. can talk about skill set and production and all that, but in terms of creativity, when he's on the bounce, his his brain works different. Anyway, go but ahead. You finish, see that your thought. you see that you see that as for, as Clay Thompson, and you can see how a guy can be frustrated right now, and he has to figure out his his new role in this organization and just how things are going. It's tough. It's tough. My question though to you though, Raja, is just bigger than Golden State or or Phoenix or any team for that matter. I just want to, just the art of ease or trying to find your identity within a season for a team. I feel like that's the stage we are in this regular season right now. We're not even November. A lot of, that's when you see the standings are kind of wonky, right? The team, the team that might win the titles like 10th in the West or 10th in the East, right? Or, you know, it's just all wonky right now. When do you get a sense of, Oh, we know what our team is right now. When do you get a sense of, oh, we found our identity? Like, what is this time right now when you're a team trying to find yourself? What is that like? And how do you get through this this little weird period of the season? That's a that's a good question. Um, before I answer it, let me just throw Kyrie into that mix of people when they're handling the ball that like dog just like, bro, what are you doing? That's crazy. Who would think to do that? Um you're, it, Kyrie is like, no, 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 no. And then he just has somehow has his left hand go from Nuts. and just flick it to the Nuts. top of the backboard and it goes in, dog. It's, like just it's crazy. Brilliant. If I'm, you know, if I'm already core rotational guy, uh, top five to maybe seven, right? Like mm-hmm. six man, you know who you are. Like no one's really vying for that. They're, they should be a starter on most teams. They're the six man on your team. Like they're, they're not really going anywhere. Seven is usually kind of pretty solid too. But like for eighth, ninth, 
depending on how deep my coach goes, 10, like I'm, you know, there's a lot of jockeying going on. Like players are, are trying to impress upon coaches that they should either, you know, move up and be, be considered for minutes. And it's not a, a fight per se, but there is, there is this element of like, Hey, uh, while we're chasing this championship, it's still early in the season. Let me, let me show you guys that I deserve a little bit more than, than I'm getting. If, if you're one of those guys, right. Um, if you're, if you're like a top seven guy, you're trying to develop that chemistry. You're trying to figure out roles. If anyone's taken a step over the course of a summer that is going to translate to the season, like maybe let's say, I don't know, Jonathan Kaminga, for example, like let's say in preseason and summer, he showed that he could be a kind of primary playmaker everyone's kind of trusted. And then and, and from summer, he did it in, in the preseason and in practices. And now we got to see if it works in the in the games. So do you understand what I'm saying? So guys are looking yeah. around at each other trying to see if anyone's taking that step. Like, can I relinquish a little bit of this? Maybe Logan's gotten better in that space. Man, maybe Logan, you know, gives me a little bit more because I'm better in this space now. I get a few more threes. So starters are figuring that out at the same time, you know, trying to trying to get out to a quick start, right? Because if you bank a bunch of wins early, I mean, you know, that's that while everyone else is trying to figure it out, like that's house money. Coaches are trying to figure out the recipe. Mm. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out what combinations work, what rotations work. Um, they're still trying to probably hammer home f- philosophy if there's been a change from last year, make sure culture's in place and just make sure more than anything, you know, even if it, you're not winning games, although you'd love to be winning them, that you're playing the way you want to play. That the effort's mm. there, the attention to details there and that you are from the ground up built the right way. And then if, if you, if that's solid, then wins will, will come. Yeah. Is that why it's, it's always first part of regular season is always a little wonky, right? You just see weird stuff. Like you see a lot more passes thrown out of bounds in the first week of the season, right? Or you see just like, Oh, backdoor cut comes or somebody's expecting a backdoor cut throws the ball and the guy's just not there. And you're like, you know, is that why you yeah. see a lot of that to start the season? Well, yeah, it's like that. It's the play we were talking about with, with Brooklyn last night. Like those are two guys that haven't had a lot of time together, right? One is one is vying for real rotational minutes and trying to prove to coach the staff and to his peers that he's able to, you know, produce in those minutes. And the other one is a bona fide superstar. And they, you know, they, they're just not on the same page on that. And so, yeah. you know, you're trying to work out your chemistry, man. You're trying to fire on all, on all cylinders as best you can. That was what was kind of unique, you know, about those, the Phoenix teams. And I thought Mike D'Antoni did a great job, at least with those Phoenix teams. I can't speak to any other team that he coached, but we, for the most part, hit the floor. Forgive me for this running. <laughs> like, you know, we, we ran, but like we hit, we didn't, was it we seven were, seconds or less? I mean, yeah, we were flying and, and offense was running seamlessly. People just kind of fell into roles. Um, but Mike did a good job of kind of, making you feel real comfortable in your space and empowering you to do things. And, and, and really we practice like that every day. So when we hit the court, we were ready to go. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk about uh, team chemistry um, and the art of it on the other side of the break. The NBA season is underway and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book, because right now, New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Plus, FanDuel is the only sportsbook that's giving all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. 
Yeah, so tonight, man, we got the uh, Mavericks and the Nets. I think I'm going to take the over on that one. I think I'm also going to take the over on the Clippers Thunder. I'm also going to take the overs on, on the Heat and the Warriors. I'm taking the over on all everything tonight. I'm even going to take the over on the Grizzlies Kings. Let's just do it. I want to see a lot of scoring tonight. All right? And FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So download FanDuel today and use promo code RINGERNBA to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, first online money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 Arizona, 1-88-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. And now, a real one's original. Fuck, it's always the goddamn TV acting up, man. Motherfucking Wi-Fi down shit don't work. Ayo, ayo. Bring me something to drink. Yeah, yeah, that fucking scotch will do. Bring that shit. Fuck, ain't shit to watch in this bitch. Hold up. What the fuck is this? What's motherfucking good? I'm your host, motherfucking OG Jazzy Jade, and we're back with our final two contestants, Kerm motherfucking Frog and Logie G. Monsworth. They'll be playing for a $20 shooting sleeve and a $15 gift card to the Laney Flea Market. Okay, y'all hoes got 30 seconds to answer three goddamn questions. Third Eye Kai, you ready with that clock? Let's get this shit started. Hey, right, bruh, we got this shit. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah, man, let's do it. Let's get this, uh -huh. let's let's get get this shit let's right get now. Let's get it, Kern. Let's yeah, get it, let's get it. You ready? Fuck it, fuck it. Oh, all the NBA Twitter watch. Let's uh, go. Let's go. Uh, uh, Chronic. Uh, 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 um, Pookie. Uh, uh, uh. Um, Snoop. Snoop Dogg? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, uh. uh, uh, uh. Uh, Fuck. the Lakers finals chances. Uh, uh, oh, 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 things that people smoke. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yes. Uh, 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 first of all, you know nothing about going back to back. Um, 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 the 90s Warriors. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 you fat and you ain't never won shit. Uh, uh, come on, man. Uh, 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 oh, 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 things Shaq says to check on TNT. That's it. That's it. Okay. One more. One more. One more. Yes. Let's yes, go. Let's yes, go. Yes. yes. 
uh, uh, worst takes in basketball media. Okay. Uh, 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 Jomi, is it Jomi? Jomi? Nah, nah, uh, not Jomi, not Jomi, not Jomi. He's Jomi? on the real oh, one's pod. Shit, real shit. one's pod, man. He's on the, it's not Jomi? It's not Sasha Mack? He's one Sasha of the hosts, dog. Oh, 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 Raja Bill. We did it, we did it. Yeah, we did, it. Oh, oh, we did it. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we did that shit. All right, so after a loss to the Spurs, uh, Carl Anthony Towns was asked about uh, Anthony Edwards' struggles. Um, and Anthony Edwards was talking about how uh, he could have been better, just, you know, making sure his body is better um, on the second night of a back-to-back. And Carl Anthony Towns was asked about that. And he talked about, um, you know, Anthony Edwards' comments. But a little, I don't even know if it was a Freudian slip I don't know what it I don't know if it was a um just a message being sent by a, a veteran on the roster but he he says you know I don't like when Anthony, and I'm paraphrasing I don't like when Anthony Edwards come up here and just jokes about getting Popeyes and shit right and Anthony Edwards also just has been just a very entertaining guy since his career has started, you know, him getting to Uber eats during the press conference and stuff. It's been hilarious at times, right? Other times he's said some stuff on social that he need to relax on and that he's, he's tripping, but there, but he has had the reputation of just being a very charismatic guy for the most part. But a lot of that has had to do with his, his press conference antics and getting McDonald's and stuff on Uber eats after games. <laughs> 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 or getting Popeyes and getting stuff after games, right? In front of the media. And so Carl Anthony Towns says he didn't like that stuff, right? And he went on to say that, um, you know, I watched the full clip, you know, because this has gotten a lot of attention over the over the last few days. And I wanted to watch the full clip. And on the full clip, he did say it's on us as a whole team to make sure that, you know, we're holding each other accountable and that we are doing these things. And I can do a better job of making sure that his diet is good as a leader of this team. But... What got everyone's attention was the Popeye's line, Raja. And I believe this is my personal opinion, and I want to, I want to, sh- I want to get yours as, as someone who's been in locker rooms. But my personal opinion is you could have said that without the Popeye's line. I feel like you could have said all those things that you wanted to say without publicly calling him out about the Popeye's line. I feel like you could have just did that in house and kept it pushing. Am I wrong to think that, or was there a time? Was it was it time for for Cat to say to call him out publicly, like real, real, real publicly, after Ant has already held himself accountable in the press conference before? I'm not making as big a deal of it as everyone else is. Okay, I'm not. Did he have to say Popeyes? Probably not. I mean, is that a little extra? Threw a little, a little extra, extra. couple. A little couple biscuits in there. He threw a couple biscuits in with the Popeyes meal. Maybe a little apple pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah he probably did. Yeah, yeah. But, but. I'm not really tripping off of it. I think those dudes are going to be okay. I don't think that that's something that really festers or leaks into your locker room and starts permeating through it. I don't. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, I, I. I just that's that's interesting to me in a way that I. That I just thought that those days had kind of gone and, and passed for NBA athletes. I mean, I was a terrible eater when I was in the league. <laughs> Define terrible I, eater. No, I was terrible, man. I would stop at like a fast food spot on the way home and get something to eat. No problem. Not even an issue, man. Like there was a Wendy's by my house in, in Phoenix. I'd I'd slide right by it and and grab something and be home. Bro, there was a there at the at outside of Oracle Arena back in the day, bro, there was a Popeyes on East yeah. 14th, dog. And dog, 
there ain't nothing. Here's the thing that people don't realize. I'm just, I'm, I'm deviating. We're going to food talk really quick. I want to get back to this. But people don't realize, bro, after you play a game or after you cover a game, bro, you're hella hungry. You are hella hungry at the end of the night around 11, 11 30 because you've just been exerting so much energy, right? And the only thing that are open are these fast food joints, dude. Unless you have a chef or unless you have someone like, or you got the meal prep popping. I got the meal prep popping now. It's changed my life. But like, when you when at, late at night, dog, only thing that's around that sounds good and you're delirious is some Popeyes, bro. Sometimes that's just what it is. Facts. Now, and, and so I say I say that because I would have thought that there would have been most teams in the NBA now have really really nice meals set up. Um, you know, in in Cleveland when I was there, you'd have a real meal with salmon and and like uh, potatoes or rice pilaf and and great veggies and and you know salad and uh, but not all teams got that Roger. Sometimes when they come to the, when they come to the bay, they just get the In and Out burger, bro. They just have the In and Out burger on a thing. That's not cool. This was for a home team. This was for a home team. This isn't this isn't away teams. Um, yeah, you're not going to get that kind of spread, right? Like unless unless they're catered. But if you're staying in town, you should be able to go back to your hotel and get a real meal. Um, yeah, because you're staying at you know, 18 star hotels, like their room service is open, man, get yourself a real meal. And if you're going to the plane, you would think that most planes have real good catering. They have real meals, right? So you might get a snack to hold you over until you get to that plane. Like the in and out might get me to the plane. I, I grab a burger real quick at the bottom of Oracle till I get to the plane. Get a little double, double after your double, double <laughs> word. But, but look, I played, I played with cats. First of all, like I told this story before in Utah, cause you're right. When I went back the second time and I had seen a bunch of places and, and what like places like Dallas did and, and other places. And even Phoenix had really good food. And I would, I'd, I'd say, I think I said to Kevin O'Connor, I was like, we need to get some food in here after the game for, for our team, at least because it is 11 o'clock. Salt Lake closes early. Like the place is closed mm -hmm. early. My wife, even if she were going to like have dinner made and stuff like that, like, and, and my wife was good about that. She'd make me pregame and stuff like that, but she was at the game. So she wasn't cooking when we got home. And so I'm kind of forced now to leave this place and go fuel my body. Cause I'm starving with something bad. And all of us had to do it in Utah. And so Utah was, Kind of hey, that Wendy's was hella good though at like at like eleven forty five. Wendy's was banging. Get a little tripper decker. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but I also played again. I played with guys. I won't say names. And and I thought these days were past because the education's come so far and the options that teams provide are are so limitless that that I thought these you know I just kind of thought they were in the past. I played with dudes who would get on a get on a bus for breakfast to shoot around and drink a coke and and two Reese's peanut butter cups. So four peanut butter cups, two packs. Oh. And I'd be like, what the what are you doing? And that's just, you know, those were our eating habits. We we weren't educated the way You know how many you know how many diet cokes I'd be seeing in media rooms, bro, and I'm just like, yo, what? Word. <laughs> <laughs> how are you hydrated right now? <laughs> no, I listen, man, we used to drink after I mean, this is a different day and age, man. Like we used to be in We're that in a hot bag tub. right now. We'd be Steve Nash and myself would be in a hot tub. Maybe Grant would slide through there, depending on who was with us. Um, after a playoff win, like three three beers deep before we even like yeah. before you even got in the shower, man. You're like, hey, bro, yeah. <laughs> like, a good fucking win. A yeah, good win. <laughs> we're going to get on the we're going to get on the bus. Like, let's we're going to get on the bus, man. We're three deep, and we're just gonna keep it moving. 
Dog, you see Michael Jordan in the 90s, bro. He's walking He's walking out of the, the gym with a Coke in his hand. Not because of great product placement, because Mike was going to have a product placement popping. But he yes. was drinking that shit, right? This is yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, like, but, and I, and I think that, like, also, man, you know, I don't know Ant's background. I don't know what he's been doing, but he'd probably be drinking. He, that's probably what he grew up on, right? It's probably that. Sure. You go to a, any AAU gym, gym around the country, right? What they got? They got fucking McDonald's bags in the middle of the fucking games and shit. Yes. They don't. They're not eating. They're not eating the healthiest right now. It's not that big of a deal. But I just thought as a young team, right? They're trying. My my biggest takeaway from this this situation was you have a young team and you have two guys that are trying to find their way. Two talented guys that are trying to find the way into this new setup in Minnesota, right? These are going to be the two leaders on the team. That yes. was the biggest takeaway that I that I took. And I'm really just looking at it because I'm like, they need to, whatever it is, they need to figure it out because if they figure it out, it's going to be special in Minnesota. Yeah, I think they have the makings, the start of something pretty cool. I'm not worried about A, Anthony Anthony Edwards' diet. I'm not really worried about it. You like Popeye's, man, go get a Popeye sandwich. I ain't tripping off of that. Like, I... I don't be eating four Popeye sandwiches a day. Like, let's fuel our body. But if you like a Popeye sandwich, dog, eat a Popeye sandwich. Like, my boys like Wingstop sandwiches. Like, you know, we might get one today. I don't know. So I'm not tripping off of you that. Can, I mean, I'm working up appetite, bro. There's a Popeye's around the corner, dog, and I'm over here like, Ugh. dog. I'm looking forward to that Cajun corn when I get off the pie. You know, I'm listen, then, listen. But uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about them as a, as a tandem as a duo of leadership, I think they'll be fine. I think that's one of those things that, you know, you said something in a press conference. I don't even know that they have to discuss it. I don't think Anthony Edwards is really tripping off of that. So I think they'll be okay. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic. For a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja crisp lettuce, and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken, and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I want to go some quick hitters really quickly. Workshop. Hey, do it real quick. All my real ones out there. We are workshopping a name for this. It's called Quick Hitters now. We tried real or no real. Just throw us a name. You know, we're trying to do some quick hitters. So if you got anything, you know, I don't know, hit up Kerm and just flood his comments and we'll mm-hmm. figure out a name for that. Um, so real real or no real, because <laughs> I'm reading off the thing. <laughs> <laughs> do we think that Anthony is Anthony Simons that dude now? Cause he's balling. You know, he against the Nuggets had six threes, 22 points, 29 on the night. The Blazers got some things to do because because Dame has a, is on a calf injury. But are you buying? Are we buying Anthony Simons stock right now? Are we buying Anthony Simons stock? Is he is he locked in? Am I buying Anthony Simons stock? I mean, I like Anthony Simons. He's a nice player. He's a nice he's a nice player. I mean, the Heat put it on him last night. He had he had fourteen on five for twelve. Nice players can have those nights. I don't I don't think that Anthony Simons is 
is in the Dame category or in some of the elite, you know, player categories. But I like Anthony Simons. He's a nice player, man. He's a, he's a good player. What I guess what when you're asking me, what am I buying? Am I buying what his twenty a night, twenty two a night guy, twenty three a night guy? Am I buying him yeah. like, as a number one, a number two? Um, um, are you going to buy him as a number two at some point in his career? Because they're paying him like he's a number two, and they and they traded away CJ in order to pay him as a number two. So is he going to yeah, be a number yeah. two? I, yeah, I think he's. I think he's a number two. Yeah, I th- and I think he's you know still learning and still getting better and still developing. So yeah, I like Anthony Simons. Okay. I, I like Anthony Simons too. I think what it is with Anthony Simons is because of circumstance, he's been put in a position to be a number two. I'm not going to say he's not ready yet, but I will say that he just has some work to do to get there consistently because after you score 29, you have to do a better job of playing against teams that are scouting against you, right? Like, And also, he's not a guy like we talked about Jordan Poole on the pod, right? He's not a guy that can ease into the into this role by coming off the bench. It's not happening. He's they need him to be a number two right now, and I think right. he's going through the growing pains of that. But I have I, I bought all my stock in Anthony Simons, and I'm keeping it. So there you go. That that's 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 where I'm at with it. Uh, are you buying Pascal Siakam taking a leap this year? He is averaging twenty six point five points, ten rebounds, and six point eight assists through four games, and he had a thirty seven point triple double. Are you? Are you buying stock in the fact that he is going to be a franchise pillar for years to come in Toronto? That's a good question. Um, I'm a Pascal Siakam fan. Um, you're asking me if he's going to take a step. He was already a, a, a really good player, but you're talking about the face of a franchise. And, and when you when you say that, I always default to championship winning team, which is probably unfair. But yes, yeah, I think Pascal Siakam, again, um, I mean, he's not super young, but I like his game. I've always liked his game. I, I think he's tough. So yeah, I'll buy him taking a ne- taking the next step. I buy him taking the, the next step. However, I do think, and this is just the argument I wish just Kawhi stayed in Toronto because Pascal could be the perfect, he would be perfect in that system, right? As a guy that is a number two, overqualified two. I think he would be a great overqualified two on a team, on a championship team, if that makes sense, right? Where he's a guy that you're not, you're not you're game planning for, but there is a guy like Kawhi that is better than him. Yeah. That, but he is still going to get when he gives you 37. You're like, oh shit, okay, yeah. all right, this is a team. This is a team, and I think Toronto was still ever since Kawhi left is still in search of that right now. And but Pascal's a dope player. Um, I have I don't I have stock in him being a face of a franchise, not necessarily at this point being the face of a championship franchise. I think that's is that fair. fair? Let's get to a little segment we like to call Real One of the Week, where we we shout out a person, entity, an organization that just won the week. I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Pimp C. Um, I just was up the other night listening to Riding Dirty, and three in the morning came on, and I, all my real ones know, when Pimp C's verse on, on three in the morning comes on, he starts it off, Raja, with, what you see is what the fuck you get, young pimp C, baby, coming down real wet. Like, that starts off a verse. That's what I'm here for when I'm uh, when I'm up at 11.45 at night. I need to hear pimp C. And he delivered like he always does. And I knew, I, this happened on a Monday night, and I knew that he was going to be my real one of the week on Thursday. So, pimp C, real one of the week. R.I.P. Did I do, did I do Tennessee football already? You didn't do Tennessee football. I didn't do Tennessee football yet, but um, they'll they'll be my real one of the week. I think they had an off week 
I think they had an off week though this sun this Saturday, but the week before. So retroactive, retroactive. Yeah, the week? I mean for the the win in the shootout against Bama, like trying to make sure I get my dates right. It's a lot of football I've been watching, but I like Hendon Hooker, man. I think he's a, I think he's a, a true Heisman candidate right there in the race. Um, and and Tennessee football had fallen on some hard times for a minute. Like there was some times when they were down, and then Josh Heupel and company shows up, and they're doing that thing, dog. So Tennessee. Real one of the week. SEC football. Um, my my son Ty thinks they're winning the Natty, so we'll see. Mm, I thought my USC Trojans were going to win the Natty, and I don't think that's happening. Um, yeah, they're 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 a year away though. They're a year away. They're on the move. But to put a bow on your real one of the week, Raja. A few weeks ago, my my cousin Mac, he was he was going back and forth. He's like, man, because he lives out. They live out in the Tennessee area, and they were like, man. I don't know if I want to like buy these tickets, you know, for, the, for to go to Knoxville to go to this 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 Tennessee Alabama game. I don't I don't know. It's just kind of it's kind of hella expensive, right? And so the week later, they bought the tickets and they were able to go to the game and see the game and to go see and go see an, a, a historic upset. So shout yes, out to them. man, that is dope. Shout out! I would have liked to have been in the building for that one. Not not because I hate Bama, but like that it just looked electrifying in there. Dog, I want to so go to cool. Neyland Stadium for a game, dog. Like, it just so, seems like they're on top of you, bro. A hundred and, what, 110,000 people down there? Dog, it's ridiculous. There are some places where you got to see a game. We're going up, um, D and I are going up uh, to see the the Clemson at Notre Dame game next weekend. So we'll fly mm. up and go check that out. That's one of the places that that we'd like to see and and um, see a little bit more about the program and stuff like that. But I'm excited because I've always wanted to watch a game in there. You know what I mean? That's awesome, bro. That's yeah. awesome. I'm a USC fan, so like I don't, I don't really like. I can't really shout out touchdown Jesus, but that no, been tight. I got That's you. Tight. Well, I grew up, I grew up a Miami fan. You know what I mean? So like, it was Catholics yeah. versus convicts. <laughs> like, but yeah. but I still represent. You know, I, I recognize. <laughs> Ain't like, it wild that they, that was really a headline? Ain't that wild that that was really a headline? Crazy. Back? That's fucking Crazy. wild, bro. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Make sure y'all watch some college football, man. Let's 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 we're, we're racking the thick of this thing, man. But we will see you guys on Monday. That was our Thursday edition of Real Ones. See you guys on Monday. We, we, we're, we're humming, man. We might have some guests. Might have some stuff. Make sure y'all check it out. Um, Real Ones, Mondays through Thursdays. We'll see you next week. Holla. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.